Welcome back, everyone, to another issue of Money Talks. Hope you're doing well. My name is Hugh Meyer. Excited to be here with you today. Just to remind everyone, Money Talks was established to help connect small business owners to elite entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and business experts, and see how they've been thinking creatively during this, these disruptive times. And today, I'm super excited because I have on a, a great friend of mine and colleague, Jenna Dillon. Jenna, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jenna is an amazing resource um, to many, to myself and to many people that, that we both work with. And I wanted to bring her on today and talk about what she does, which is in the executive coaching world, um, which has always been a very important area, but has become even more important, obviously, with everything that's gone on this year. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's get started. Um, can you just give us a little bit about your background and kind of the, sp- and the scope of, of what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little bit of my background, actually, I have a very non-linear journey to executive coaching, but uh, nevertheless, I went to school for two very different things. I went to school for dance and business management. <laughs> so I'm both right and left brain oriented, uh, which is uncommon uh, from when people hear that they're very surprised. They're like, oh, those are you know two very different things. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, I moved out to Los Angeles after stepping down from the stage in my first career as a dancer to pursue this business management uh, degree that I had uh, pursued. And then I actually met an executive coach and said, hey, like I heard that it would behoove me to hire a coach. Don't really know what it is, um, but can you introduce me to one? <laughs> like I want to try it out. And it was really from then on that I realized, oh, this is quite similar to like a lot of interests and passions that I've had, even from the time I was a kid. Um, and, and moving forward into high school, I, I considered sociology and psychology, studying that in school at one point before I went into this business management aspect. Um, and I, anyway, all these interests that I've had since I was a kid and moving forward transpired into me going, this is what coaching is? <laughs> I could do this. Like, how could I get started? And then uh, from then on, the coach that I worked with uh, not just helped me understand coaching by being a client, but I ended up pursuing, uh, I took a number of different professional and personal development courses. Um, and then I got trained with an elite executive coaching firm in their apprenticeship program. Um, then worked with them for a few years, went out on my own and here I am now. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're a great resource um, to to your clients and, and to me. I mean, you're always very helpful to offer uh, you know, offer information that's can be really helpful um, to small business owners, you know, I being one of them. So thank you for being here today to tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Yeah. And in, in terms of like, I, I do want to say there's a lot of misconceptions or even um, questions around what does an executive coach do compared to a life coach? per se. And so in terms of that second part of your question, Hugh, when you were asking kind of the scope of the work, um, an executive coach is someone who can come in and focus on somebody's career or business pursuits. Um, and they'll really look at having, and they could have any number of these settings in their executive coaching practice. They could work individually one-on-one with clients. They could work in a group coaching setting with teams, they could do interactive workshops or right now webinars, right? With 
different departments or teams right. or a company or organization. Um, and then they also can do keynote speaking. So that's kind of the scope of the work that we can do, the settings of it. Um, but then as an executive coach, I train on in any of those areas on like leadership development, cultural development, um, being able to look into the strategy and create um, what are some powerful goals or visions for that particular person or team or company um, that now they're reinventing per se. So the scope can be a variety, but that's kind of the umbrella of executive coaching, if you will. Thank you for that. No, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of important pieces there that you bring out, and I'm sure, you know, they all have to be unpacked separately, and all of them, but yet all of them are super are super vital to the lifeblood of any business. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk. I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit just because obviously this year has been very, has been very disruptive. And I'm sure for someone like yourself, who it's probably better that you're in person when you're meeting with your clients and trying to figure out what their needs are. How have you, how has that kind of disruption played into what you do and into what your, and how your clients have had to kind of have react to all this? Yeah. Um, so just from a very objective place, um, the scope of my work has changed in terms of when I would be in person, uh, having interactive workshops um, or even group coaching or facilitation, obviously because of the stay at home order and just keeping social distancing, that's now all been uh, online. So on Zoom predominantly, unless a company uses another program. Um, but in terms of what's been going on overall in my clients and what's kind of been included in the picture from all this disruption is there's a lot of re-strategizing. There's a lot of um, putting together new processes, um, even creating new goals because of what's happened or added in goals to what they've already wanted. Um, and I mean, the the scope of what that process can be like when I work with my clients is you know, the disruption, there's a lot of emotional components that can come with that. And so there's a whole other level, if you will, of minding the mind or building strong leadership styles for that person or team versus just knowing how to communicate as a leader. Um, So whether it's working on an emotional component or mindset component, we then dive a little deeper into that or can so that the disruption isn't impacting them in a negative way or right. they're able to manage accordingly. And then we add in this strategy or implementation um, or, you know, strategic action steps uh, for what they're up to creating in those results. So, yeah. That, no, that's great. I mean, obviously this has brought on a myriad of issues um, within the workplace. Um yeah which clearly plays into your hand, you know, plays into what you do. And I'm sure you've been an amazing resource to anyone and everyone in the last six months, because there's so many questions that any business owner who employs people had to come to someone like yourself and say, you know, what do I do? You know, I have employees that don't want to come back into the office or, you know, things of that nature that they have to be, super sensitive to right now yeah and not just sensitive like to your point actually not just sensitive with themselves but towards others and what that means in terms of the culture of their company right 
Like I've worked with a lot of um, CEOs and just executives from different companies lately where they're trying to figure out how can we best communicate to our company so that we can be clear that we are sensitive. And what does that mean about how our culture is being defined? Is it being redefined? Are we bringing out certain aspects of what we want in our culture to be seen and shared? So there is a lot of cultural development training as well that comes with this. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a wonderful basket case for an executive coach. <laughs> <to work with. laughs> you know, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's a it's got to be like a rabbit hole. I mean, it's great for you because I'm sure, as you're saying, kind of one topic or one focus or conversation is probably going to lead to something else that someone you know, like a CEO or a manager or an HR manager, whomever you would speak to, wasn't thinking about. Yeah. And they definitely weren't thinking about it before March, but right. they're, cer- they're certainly having to think about it now. And like you said, it's not just about the plan you have to create. It's how you're going to communicate that message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, and it's what's fun for me. At least, at least I take this as it's exciting and it keeps it quite interesting. The work that I do is, you know, the client and myself, don't necessarily know like once March hit and there was the stay at home order and all of these changes, at least in the state of Cal, I mean everywhere, but particularly in the state of California, it's like, what does this mean? I don't know what problems will arise. We'll see and let the games begin. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's kind of the, the posture that I take because, you know, an executive coach, it's, we specialize in disruption. So use us, you know, like it's, these are the kinds of, people that you want in your back pocket or in your corner supporting you during times like this, because this is our specialty, you know? So we don't, we don't shy away. We're not afraid. We're more like, Ooh, I'm really curious. Like, let me learn more, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I get it. And this, this goes, this leads into our next, the next question, uh, which is what are, what are small businesses? What are people hiring free hiring you to do right now? Specifically, are there, specific topics that are more prevalent than something else, you know, may have been. Yeah. I mean, going, connecting it a little bit to what I mentioned earlier in terms of this, how leadership development can show up or even cultural development. Um, I think something that everyone is being in a wonderful way, I would suggest challenged by is being vulnerable <laughs> and just being a little bit more human with each other you know, uh, whether it's two working parents are now working at home virtually, there are kids in the background, and it just got real. (laughs) Or, um, you know, like I've actually had, I've been a part of a panel discussion with some team members of mine. And um, we were speaking to how we've been talking with executives from large companies where their day virtually remote now is 15 hour, not 15 hours, excuse me, 15 Zoom meetings a day. And so it's the psychological impact that that has on somebody and their ability to focus and still be productive. Um, It's kind of like this, how can we, it's kind of another dimension of how can we be efficient and effective to where because everything is online, what are we missing out on? How can we compensate, but how can we still keep the same trajectory? It's kind of this multidimensional thing that um, I'm speaking contextually because the details of that looks different for every person and every client, right? So 
um, it, it becomes a multifaceted or multidimensional um, strategy or problem to solve, if you will. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's, there's so many nuances to kind of your work mm-hmm. and what's gone on over the last six months, fortunately, unfortunately, kind of, I guess, is magnified it maybe times a hundred. Yeah. So maybe there's some things that, you know, you hadn't been focusing on with businesses mm-hmm. and now you are. And it just, like you said, it creates this whole new dimension, dimension of issues for lack of a better word in the executive coaching space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, it's great that you've, you clearly have adapted extremely well. Um, and I'm sure you're going to be kept very busy for, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's this, uh, so I'm grateful for the work that I've had and how, you know, unlike other industries, um, we're being sought out right now right. is uh, shut down, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, but just like some of the things that I've experienced, even myself or colleagues who are executive coaches or companies, um, other companies that have executive coaches in them, there is something to be said that we're facing and our clients are facing with this stay-at-home order and having perhaps um, more things to work on, or you could call it high expectations if they have those, is being able to set boundaries. Right. Um, Because even though we are sought out, um, I have to be very clear on like, what are my boundaries now that everything is working, now that I'm having all of my work remote and at home, I could get into a cycle just like any of my clients have expressed that at times they are working on this. It's like, when do I put the computer down and turn off work, like get out of work mode and get into like personal mode, (laughs) you know, or life mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, And that's something that, you know, just to out myself that like coaches are human, you know, like we have some of these same things and, uh, important for us to even have a coach for ourselves to work on things, you know? So um, this is another thing that like, yes, in the coaching world, like we're being sought out and it's wonderful. It also comes with this idea and, and concept to be able to create boundaries within that. So we can stay sane and take care of us. So then we can also serve our clients. Right. No, it's, it's a very valid point that, that you've just brought up about having that boundary and knowing when to, you know, shut your computer down or shut your phone off because you're not in an office, you know, you're not going from your office to your home or back. Um, that hopefully will be back to that norm, sense of normal, we'll have that sense of normalcy again soon. But you're right, you have to create that boundary because it's going to impact what you do and how you serve your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk a little bit about, I know you've, you've gone into some other, I guess, call, we'll call it opportunities or, or invent, ventures um, in the last year. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So um, I have my coaching practice that I've mentioned and talked about the scope of work of what that entails, but I've also launched another business of mine that is related to executive coaching, but it's actually an executive coaching training program or institute. So I'm the CEO or founder and founder of the acronym EPIC, which stands for Executive Performance Institute 
for coaching. And so that company is me along with a team of experts and trainers of all different kinds and styles and, and a variety intentionally so that we can come together as a team and train people or develop executive coaches um, or at least train people in the skill set so that if they're, let's say, an executive with a company, they want to learn the skill set for their own role that they have in that company or they're looking to get promoted and that would be a part of the role that they would do in that company, right? So um, that, that business um, is something that I started because I'm thinking, you know, how could people could really use these skill sets in a myriad of different ways, right. regardless if they wanted to be an executive coach or not. And so it's basically saying, how can we create a ripple effect of positive impact where people can learn these skills and it just ripples and has, you know, positive impact to more people. So. Yeah, no, that uh, absolutely. That's great. How, how is that kind of, I mean, I know you actually talked to me about it. Trying to remember, it could be six nine months ago. I know it was definitely pre-COVID. Yeah. So how how I guess how is that? Um, how have you been able to kind of adjust, kind of getting this off the ground, if you will, amidst this turmoil, for lack of a better word? Yeah, amongst all the disruption, right? Um, so fortunately, um, the the training program or the company is designed so that any of those applicants or students. Um, 80 plus percent of their commitment is actually arranged through their availability. So it's a very flexible schedule and 85% of what the meetings were and commitments that they have for that program, what the program entails is virtual. So the only adjustment that we were fortunate to decide and um, re-strategize, if you will, was some in-person trainings that we were planning on doing. And so we just took those virtual and have just found, and this is also when I do webinars for um, companies, communities, there's an art to keeping people engaged when it's a Zoom meeting versus (laughs) in-person interactive (laughs) workshop or webinar, uh, excuse me, a workshop. And so just being able to, change that up intentionally so you can still like how do you fit in what was going to be a six hour in-person workshop to a two-hour webinar because of the attention span factor and still make sure they're receiving the information and knowing how to implement it whether it's in my coaching practice or it's a training in this training program that might or another trainer is training them you know so that's been one of the I would even say fun adjustments. I have some background in pedagogy, which is the art of teaching. And so we've been able to look at how our pedagogy changes when we're training on specific topics because they are online and use that to our advantage. So um, it's actually been kind of fun to see how we change that up and what the difference is between in-person workshops and now taking it online. So Right. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. You you may be able to uh, take that tip to educators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in secondary and secondary schools and high schools and college, because talk about um, an exercise in learn of, of intention spans. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's. I mean, that's it, that's very challenging for you to have to condense that amount of material in such a short window. And like you said have these people be focused on what it is because at the end of the day, you, you know, 
they're the ones learning the skills. They have to absorb it, even if it's through what we're doing right now. Absolutely. And I mean, even as people are, are either listening or watching, <laughs> it's also, and, and I would actually say to any of the listeners or, or viewers, depending on what you're doing, or if you're doing both, uh, think about the way that if you were to notice and kind of just observe yourself on what works for you and how you learn best, there's multiple ways in which people learn best. Some people right. are aesthetic learners, some people are visual learners or audio learners. And you can actually create some intentionality when you're in a work setting to make sure you are learning particular content effectively for yourself specifically, right? And then in terms of a pedagogy standpoint, if I'm the trainer, I can intentionally weave in kinesthetic exercises, make sure that they can audibly hear me and I'll say thing, I'll say the same thing different ways or like you can actually start to train to reach out to the multiple levels of learning so that people can grasp the information better right um so yeah it's an art but it's actually quite creative and I, at least this is where my creative juice comes into play if you will yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, it's yeah. it that, well that's great that you have that because uh it's it's completely necessary right now, especially if you want to be successful in this endeavor, you know, and and your business. Just because we all we've all needed, and no matter what we do, we've had to be flexible in some way, shape, or form in our business, or the business has suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, having that flexibility um, obviously is super important. Yeah. yeah. Talk- <laughs> yeah, oh yeah and it's it's not ne- i'd say it's never a dull moment um for sure for sure talk about some of the misconceptions in the executive coaching space yeah so um i have actually come across several people who have asked okay so is this life coaching and you know that's one thing that people have asked me about which earlier i just explained you know what executive coaching covers um But even outside of that realm, people sometimes wonder if this is like therapy or if this is like consulting. And it's actually different from both. So how coaching can be seen different from therapy is, and this is generally speaking, and nor do I see either therapy or consulting not valuable. They absolutely are, to be very clear. Um, So therapy is usually when someone is talking about trauma or something that has happened from their past, and they want to dive into exploring how it's holding them back right now and really looking at their past and healing trauma. I'm not trained in trauma. (laughs) It makes me very uncomfortable to even try, right? Like I don't want to be liable. I don't know what would happen. Um, So coaching is looking at currently what's going on and coaching, not executive coaching, currently what's going on and where does that person want to be in their future so we can get them. So it's very future focused, present to future focused with executive coaching. We're using it in the realm of their career and business setting, right? So that's the difference between therapy and, and coaching. In terms of coaching with consulting, um, it's to the client's benefit as a coach that I am not an expert in their field. Whereas a consultant, Very interesting. Yeah, where as a consultant, they are hired to be an expert in their field and prescribe, if you will, um, here's what I suggest. They're usually hired for a specific period of time with a specific um, 
deliverable or project that they're working on. Um, coaches don't prescribe. Um, we're really about partnering with our clients so that we can understand how is their mind or minds working for them and against them and how can we start to get their mind working for them more and not just where we're guiding them to, right. to become a problem solver but ideally if we're talking about a one-on-one -on -one session it doesn't just become jenna coaching sam it becomes jenna and sam are coaching sam <laughs> right right so essentially teaching them or showing them how they can start to coach themselves so we're even more effective in our meetings and outside of the meetings, right? So um, is that clear to you? Abs no, it is. It is. And it actually goes into the, our next question, which is, you know, how does one, you know, know the fit for the right coach? How do they know, you know, and I think you were just discussing that in the, in the last couple minutes. Yeah, I think some other factors to consider when, if you're even wondering, like, is this a good point for me to even hire a coach? Um, something that I will say is don't think that you have to hire a coach just because there's a problem going right. um, is we can step in when there's a problem and there's like, Oh gosh, like the pandemic just hit. Are we screwed? Let's hire a coach, right? Like you can hire a coach for a problem that you're facing. <laughs> Excuse my bluntness. Uh, but on the opposite end of the spectrum if you want to if you feel like you're in a lot of momentum and you want to make sure that that growth is protected and sustained or even um increased like the trajectory increases into a jace jace curve if you will that's a great opportunity to hire a coach as well so um that's one in terms of knowing like is now a good time to hire a coach um that's one way but in terms of finding the best coach for you um that's also a personality thing. Right. Like, you know, I typically, um, if my schedule allows, I'll give somebody a taste of me coaching them so they can actually see not just my style of coaching, but do our personalities vibe. You know, it's essentially like a matchmaking process. Right. Right. And I'll, I'll be very clear and honest with them. I'll say, hey, like, um, you're great. I might know someone that I feel like would be an even better fit for you because your interests are here and you tend to think this way and, and or, you know, whatever that might be. I'm trying right. to be kind of vague right now because it could look like a myriad of things, but it's also finding a personality fit where you can tell if there's a vibe, you know, it's like dating. Right. you can tell if there's chemistry or synergy, same thing goes with coaching or if you're like missing each other and your communication styles are different. So um, I always recommend to request, West from a coach that you know, if you haven't had their coaching experience, ask them if they'd be willing to give you a taste of it, or at least explain a little bit about their style. And even in that conversation, what's the content that they're saying about their style if they're explaining it, or more, perhaps even more importantly, how are they communicating? And are they, are you well understanding them? Uh, you know, do, do you guys get along well? Do you jive well? Do you feel like you would be comfortable with them assertively serving you which means they might not always be willing you're paying them essentially to potentially tell you things that you might not want to hear and are right. you okay with that right so um so it's really asking yourself like do i feel comfortable being challenged by this person no that's great i think it's 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 i don't know if we call it the necessary evil but it's it, it you it has to happen because 
for you to work efficiently with with somebody or any coach to work efficiently with somebody, there has to be that synergy. There has to be that connection. And the other side has to be willing to take it, obviously take advice and put certain steps into action or the time that you're spending with them or any coach is spending with a, with a business owner um, kind of became a waste of time. Um, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine the conversations that you have with, with, CEOs, you know, who are, don't let, you know, CEOs are not, are in the position of not necessarily being told how to run a business or, you know, how to, you know, improve upon their, their workplace culture or whatever, you know, the myriad of subjects that you cover. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, you know, thank you for being such a great resource, um, to, yeah. you know, to our listeners say, and that, that's why I started this podcast is connecting resources to small business owners people like yourself that can come on you know that have a track record and and can offer something to people that clearly is super important right now and and it'll continue to be important yeah yeah thank you it, it's an honor to be here and to hear that you're having this commitment to support small businesses and just bring uh knowledge and accessibility to these businesses particularly in this challenging time Absolutely. Thank you for that. So we've, we've hit a new juncture in, in the podcast, my podcast. I've, I've started actually today, uh, which is we're calling it the Money Talks Minute where I've peppered the guests enough. I've asked lots of questions and I wanted to give the guests the opportunity to ask myself a question or two. Um, so I, I'll let you take over and uh, lead the way. Okay. Well, let the games begin. <laughs> You're in the hot seat now. No. That's fine. I deserve it. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm excited to do this. It's like we're kind of swapping hats, if you will. Yes. So even before the podcast started, let's say like since March, uh, something that I was very curious to hear you speak about was what have you experienced in your particular line of work? And then what have you learned? since March with all of this change? Like, has there been something that you've learned as a business person even, or even within specifically your line of work? Great question. So let's take that in, in pieces. So I think the one, as far as, you know, working with, um, whether it's business associates like yourself or my clients, I think, and I've said this prior, like the level of resiliency is really underestimated in people I've, I have found. Um, and there's been the one thing that I've kind of preached on my podcast or is that, you know, the people that I interview, the one common thread is everyone's very positive. Mm. And I always say, you know, business owners have been inundated by so much negative news mm. all the time. It's, it's very unfortunate, but, I get pieces of positivity, if you will, on every podcast guest I have. And the same has been with, with I feel like my clients and, and my partner's clients that I don't think, you know, there wasn't this level of panic. So I feel like even from the beginning, obviously people, everyone had some level of trepidation, mm -hmm. but everyone understood that this was not going to be the end of the world, mm -hmm. but it's important that whether it's you or myself, that we communicate, you know, that it's going to be okay and why, you know, that these, you know, that we've 
protected against things of this nature, this uncertainty, um, as best as we can. Because in, in, in the world of what kind of our business, it really kind of boils down to risk and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And if you protect and guard against uncertainty, then events that come about like COVID-19, while awful at the time, you get through them. If you try to, to use a word in my world, game risk, it's not a, it's not a winning proposition. Mm-hmm. It's too hard because unfortunately, we've had too many events in the last 20 years in the financial world that have happened and they're happening more frequently. So it's too hard to kind of predict. So let's let's work on the uncertainty side of it. I also think it's just from our business, you know, and this is a cross current to what you do, is you have to be sensitive to everyone's um, feelings right now. As far as if they don't want to be in the office, then they don't, you know, they, that has to be respected. And I feel I feel like from what I've heard, most people predominantly majority of people or business owners have been respectful of that because this is a very unique situation, an unfortunate one. And at some point, hopefully we'll all, or we'll, we'll have the opportunity to be back safely in an office setting, but for employers and employees that, that have that level of respect that people are still uneasy. Um, I'm, sitting in my office by myself right now. And, and usually that's the case, which is fine. Um, and everyone else has been able to be productive outside the office. So I feel like having that level of sensitivity has is, is been really important. And that goes across all businesses. What for you has been the biggest adjustment since the stay-at-home order, since pandemics hitting all, all the change? Like what's been one of the biggest adjustments you've had to do? Um, I mean, I, I just think internally not being face to face with your, with your colleagues. I, I think that's part of whatever you do for a living. It's important that you have that interaction because you're impacting other people. So being able to not having that day-to-day interaction, um, I think has been a challenge. Uh, I, I think it's, it's safe to say that you know, we as humans are probably have gotten sick of doing Zoom calls. <laughs> I mean, we all want to see each other in person. Um, you know, you and I are part of a networking group mm-hmm. and our networking group continues to have to have Zoom meetings. And I'm sure if, if we could, we would, we'd want to do otherwise. And that's a challenge because we all want to help each other. We all want to network. We want to have that social element, if anything, just having that social element and not being able to do that in an office setting yeah. is a ch- is has been challenging. Absolutely. And so for you, even with your colleagues, let's say in in your company or in your office that you normally see, how have you been able to compensate or overcome that in any way? Have you, or is there still a little bit of a void? I mean, I think we've we you know we immediately put a plan in place as far as. COVID-19, if you will, you know, have, making sure that people are getting tested. Um, if people didn't want to be in the office, then that had to be respected. So, you know, we have as many phone conversations or Zoom meetings as we need to, because at the end of the day, we're here to serve our clients and they need, they, they need us no matter what the situation is. Mm-hmm. So like everybody, you have to adjust. Yeah. And I feel like 
everyone I've spoken to, no matter what they do for a living, and they've, you know, guests on my podcast have done that and have done it successfully. And, you know, the end clients seem to be doing okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been fascinating. Um, Like some of the, I've heard a variety of how some of my own clients or companies, company clients have uh, been adjusting and there's absolutely the priority of serving the clients. So that really resonates. I've been hearing that from my own clients. Um, But also this idea of like, well, how can we still keep the community there? You know, how can we still keep camaraderie amongst client, excuse me, amongst not just clients, but our own colleagues or the teams that we were working closely with. And um, that has its hurdles because like, do we take a lunch break virtually and add, you know, another meeting on Zoom or do we call each other? But it sounds like you guys are finding your way and it's not necessarily something specific set in stone, but you're just like, if you want to talk to a colleague, you will reach out and call them and see how they're doing. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I mean, we're fortunate just because our office is not huge. So, you know, we've put through a process, if you will, of kind of peop- how many people can be in the office at one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fortunately, we've been able to see most of us has been able to see one another. So that's good. But that's not the case for most other businesses. Um, but again, like I said, the one the one kind of similarity of I think all my podcast guests is, and you yourself included is that people are being really positive um, right now and a lot of a lot of amazing things I think are happening beneath the surface that you know most of the public aren't aware of but I see it you know whenever I do these podcasts because they're these are professionals that are are most of which are business owners themselves and are handling business owners and they are adjusting to what everything that's taken place. It's clearly not ideal, but it's not going to be forever. And I think, like I said, we're super resilient as Americans. There's no, that, that's kind of understated. I know people in the press use it as it's kind of cliche, but I, I think it's true. When we have, we have this, year or the majority of this year or call it a season or climate where this can be revealed to us that oh we actually are more capable or more resilient than we thought we were which actually is like the crevice of why I do what I do like it's the cornerstone to be like hey guess what um I'm about to show you that you are far more capable than you thought you were here we go right and so it's great to hear that you're even seeing that in yourself and amongst the community and people yeah, with. well, that, yeah, thank you. That's a valid point because you're, what you're basically getting is the comfort, uh, is the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. People, um, you know, they, they don't get out of it um, mm-hmm. no matter what they do. And, and kind of your work, it's, it's great because you force people to get out of the comfort zone, especially the people that are running the businesses that lovingly, you know, you, lovingly force people. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you moderately push them, but it's true though. I mean, that's like, you know, I think people have been, you know, like you said, I don't know if force is the right word, but nudge to maybe do some things differently um, from business side, just because, you know, it was an opportunity for change, right? If there was ever a time to change something in business, it was this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, but you know, again, thank you for being such a great resource. Thank you, and it's really neat to hear your side of it. It's it was fun to switch hats and 
be the questioner rather than the answery, if you will. Yes. Thank, and th- thank you for being a guinea pig. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's a big episode. This is my 25th time version of this now. So, you know, I figured it's time, time to make some tweaks. Um, want to keep people engaged uh, yeah. and, and, what I'm, and what we're doing. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And congratulations on having your 25th one. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I got I to keep going. Um, it's, uh, it's, def- it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I, I appreciate it. Great. Um, so let's get back to you. Um, I think you may have mentioned a little bit about this when we started. But so what made you want to get into this, into this line of work? Um, yeah. So I'm going to put myself back there. Uh, I realized when I worked with a coach, so I'll even preface this. I'm someone who some of my biggest attributes that I see in my personality is determination and passion. And so I, when I was looking to hire a coach, not really knowing what a coach was, it was really from, I wanted to start building my life more Um, I didn't know how, and I was struggling figuring out how to do that. Um, And so that's hence why I was curious about coaching. And what I found in coaching that became exciting and something new and interesting for me to consider is a new mindset of rather than, hey, I have this desire and can I I do this? It was a shift in going, how can I figure out how to make that happen? Right. So it wasn't this like doubt of, can I, I don't know. It was more of this like, well, let's see what we got. Like, let's step into it and get creative and be curious and uh, step into problem solving or expanding what I'm capable of. Even as, as a client, I say that. Um, and that really, when I started to see results for myself as a client, I'm like, oh gosh, everyone could use this. I want to do this. Like, I want to have these conversations and show people that they can have these kind of results or that they could a year from now look back and almost have tears of joy on their face or tears of disbelief because they were so thrilled. They're like, I can't believe if somebody, if somebody would have told me a year ago that I created this and this and this and this and this, I would have said, you're crazy. And I did it. Like, it's like, like that, those moments are what I live for when I see my clients call me up a year later and say, Jenna, I did it. I can't believe it. Like that's, that is like, it warms my heart. It gives me that fulfilled feeling and purpose. And um, because I first experienced that as a client, I was like, okay, this is good medicine for the soul. Let me figure out how to be a coach here. Yeah. No, that, that's great. Um, thank, you know, thank you for that. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's really fulfilling and rewarding when you, you know, when those clients come back to you and and say they've done these things and they're, and they're grateful for that. So thank you. Well, so just as we conclude, I guess, as far as where, where are you at present? Like what's it, you know, right now, I guess the present state of kind of executive coaching, you know, obviously, this year's we've already gone through. We already know it's disrupted this year. It's been a lot of change. Kind of where where are things currently? Um, for me myself, or what did my clients? What are my clients working on right now? Both, yeah, both. 
Um, so right now my clients are, ex um, some of them are experiencing, and I'm curious if some of the viewers have started to have this themselves. It's like they wake up in the morning and it's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> right? Like, like they're like, and here we go again. And it's the same thing again, you know? And so it's finding, um, resource for lack of another word, um, creativity, finding how can we turn up perhaps not just the same motivators, but new motivators or what new things could we create that could actually inspire us? Dare I say we even inspire ourselves, right? Uh, and so that's something where it's like keeping that newness, that wonderment, that excitement where it's not that Groundhog Day effect, uh, like psychological effect. Um, that's something that I've been noticing has been happening around this time of year um they're kind of just like i'm over this stuff like i'm <laughs> over this pandemic i'm more like you know it's like deep breaths like there's something valuable to be said about accepting reality um and how can we make this interesting how can we keep ourselves engaged and moving forward in a place of not fear but because we love what we're doing and what we're up to right so um so that's something with my clients in terms of me uh the training program company, Epic, Right. it's such a long name, so I just say Epic as the acronym. Uh, we are in the process of, we're about to finish a training program, and we have a graduation at the end of this month Great. Um, that we're doing virtually. <laughs> that wasn't intended to be virtually, but, you know, virtually. And it's really exciting. You know, we are, um, so we've had this first training program really represent the, this uh, 1.0 is what the training program is called it's just the 1.0 training program and it includes them learning the skill set of one-on-one -on -one coaching group coaching and the business of coaching it's like business development around how do i even build a business in coaching right this um we're also going to be doing a second program or we've been designing a second program rather where the applicants or students in the program learn keynote speaking facilitation and training for workshops or webinars right so that is going to be starting up next year along with the second 1.0 program to start and that's been really exciting because we're putting a lot of infrastructure together for that um, i'm bringing in new people on my team for the 2.0 program like i'm thrilled and excited to be bringing in like a, a coach specifically around keynote speaking uh, professionals and coaching on t the people um choose the second most looked brought out coach for TED Talks. So like there's just a number of different people that I'm bringing on board that I'm thrilled to work with and that I learn from. So that's something that I continue to put myself or work on intentionally putting myself in a place of I want to surround myself with people who I look up to and who I respect and admire, even, in a, even as friends, like my friends, my colleagues, my team. I don't like being the best. I like being uh, not the best so that I can be inspired and try to develop myself up to their level, right? So, um, and that's why I, this program was created. So it's not just me. It's like a number of people bringing together value and expertise from different realms where it's like, oh, together, it's gold. <laughs> like the team together is gold. Like no question. So that's something that I've been up to and working on and looking forward to doing for next year. Wow. 
that's great. Uh, you know, I look forward to hearing, you know, hearing more about that. Um, you know, thank you again for being here today, Jenna. It was great. It was great catching up with you, learning more about your process and, you know, definitely want to have you back. Um, you know, good luck with everything, um, in the coming year. So thank you. Thank you so much, Hugh. This has been such a fun ride having this conversation with you and a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to seeing how I can support you with your endeavors as well. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. So thank you everyone uh, for being here with us today on Money Talks. Remember, please, when you get a chance, subscribe to our YouTube channel and smash the like button. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, thank you again. Remember, Money Talks. Have a great day. Take care.